We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you thanks in advance. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We've been doing the series on Beware of Deception. Beware of deception. And this is the fifth in the series. And today I'm going to talk about the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches. I can't summarize everything we've done. But essentially, Jesus warned his disciples. He warns us that in the last days, the thing, one of the things that we have to be careful of, among other things, is deception. Deception is going to be one of the signs of the end times. Yes, there's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be a lot of rebellion. Sin is going to abound. And people are going to uh, be offended. There's so many different signs that the Bible talks of. And deception was one of the signs that Jesus spoke of. In fact, you can put on your, your, your TV or your whatever source of news you have, and you probably heard the term fake news. Fake news is about deception. And this is where people in a political, I guess, camp may decide to release misinformation with the view of changing minds and, and, and inclining them to their own political viewpoint. So there's fake news. So really, deception is like fake news. Amen? You know, and um, we, we see this over and over and over again where people are misled. So things that are true suddenly become false and things that are false become true. The devil is the real author and the source of deception. The Bible says he deceives the whole world. He was there right in the beginning in the garden where he deceived Eve. In fact, the devil, as Lucifer, deceived a third of the angels of God. So he's the real source of deception and his, his strategy hasn't changed. He still deceives people today. So we've been looking at different forms of deception. There's self-deception. There's deception of sin. There's false teaching, deception of false teaching, false doctrines. That's also deception. Last week we looked at deception of signs and wonders, false signs and wonders. It's used by Satan to deceive, if possible, even the elect of God. And today we're going to look at deceitfulness of riches. Jesus spoke about the deceitfulness of riches. Now, wealth, riches, money, prosperity, they are hot topics in the body of Christ. There are some people who believe that it's God's desire to bless his beloved people with wealth, with riches, with prosperity. There are people who don't believe it at all. Some people believe riches are, is something that is worldly. It's only carnal. And others believe that riches can be used for spiritual purposes. There's a diverse viewpoint in the church concerning prosperity, concerning money, concerning riches. Now, the Bible is not silent about that. That's the good news. God shares his heart. He shares his intention concerning money. So you want to know about God's heart or God's viewpoint on money? Don't go to the financial times. Go to the Bible. Amen? You want to know God's viewpoint on how to reap a harvest, financial harvest? I tell you, go to the scriptures. There's so many scriptures concerning money, concerning prosperity, concerning um, uh, wealth. You know, so God is not silent about that. Now, I know that come, growing up, I had a viewpoint about money that was totally shattered when I began to search the scriptures for myself. Amen? Nevertheless, Jesus warned about the deceitfulness of riches. When you look at scripture, you find that God loves to bless his people with prosperity. That's a good place to say amen. amen. But also, God likes to warn his people about prosperity. Oh, your amen was a lot weaker. I'll try that again. God loves to bless his people with prosperity. 
and God loves to warn his people about prosperity that's right he does warn and he does bless so we're gonna look at that in a few minutes amen now the fact that he warns us about prosperity does that mean prosperity is wrong no it doesn't mean that your heavenly father our God he's a wealthy God the Bible says he owns the silver he owns the gold the Bible says that he owns everything that is on this earth and everything means everything I'll give you the scriptures here Psalm 24 verse 1 says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it glory to God it says the world and all its people belong to him so everything that is in this world who does it belong to God the Bible says in Haggai chapter 2 verse 8 the silver is mine and this is God bragging by the way this is God speaking to his people say look the silver it's mine he says the gold is mine says the Lord of hosts so if God owns the silver and owns the gold, surely it can't be wrong in itself. It can't be evil. God blesses people with riches. So being rich in itself is not bad. You know, God loves to bless his people with riches. You know, Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 12, it says, Riches and honor come from you alone. Riches and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. But notice it says, riches and honor come from God. And then you go on, it goes on in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 19 says, It is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. You may want to check it out, but I'm sure some of you have never seen this before. But it says it's a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it, to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. It says this indeed is a gift from who? God. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who, God, who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So you cannot look away from these scriptures that share the heart of God and reveal to us God's heart and God's desire for wealth. Amen. Blessings and riches are promised even the righteous and those who fear God. The Bible makes it clear that blessings and, 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 and riches are promised the, the righteous and those who fear God. Those who fear God are those who shun evil. Those who depart from evil. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is to shun evil. It's to depart from evil. So you see evil here, you go the opposite direction. You shun it. You depart from it. You move away from it. The Bible says that, that, the Bible says that God blesses the righteous. I'll give you a few scriptures here. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 6 says this. Blessings are on the head of the righteous. Are you the righteous in the house? Are you the righteous in the house? Yeah. The Bible says blessings are on your head. In other words, he's crowned you with blessings. Glory to God. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 12 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. There's riches that can bring sorrow. There's riches that can bring depression. That's why some rich folks kill themselves. But the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, but he adds no sorrow. How many of you want the blessing of the Lord? Hallelujah. 
Proverbs chapter Psalm 112 verse 3, talking about the, the righteous and those that fear the Lord, says, Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Psalm 34, 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, in other words, all the time, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. The servant of the Lord is the one who does his will. And here the scripture has said, those who favor his righteous cause, those who are seeking righteousness, those who are seeking his kingdom, and it says, let them always be saying, the Lord be magnified. Who has pleasure? God has pleasure in your prosperity. This is from the Holy Bible, by the way. How many of you are glad these verses are there? Amen. So the Old Testament shows so many promises of God concerning Meeting our needs to the place where it's overflowing. Like Psalm 23 says, my cup runneth over. Glory to God. But the New Testament, the Bible says, has better promises. So if the Old Testament is good, the New Testament is better. Better promises. Even in the New Testament. I'll give you a few. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Why? That you through his poverty might become rich. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 says, God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and... Plenty left over. Why? To share with others. In other words, this follows the blessing that God gave Abraham. He says, I will bless you to be a blessing. And then 3 John 2 says, Beloved, this is the heart of God. I pray that you may prosper in all things. That includes your finances. Be in health as your soul prospers. Then there's so many other scriptures. 2 Peter 1, 3 talks about as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to this life and godliness. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 19 that God will supply all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And he's the one who owns all the silver. And he owns all the gold. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm saying the Bible speaks of God's heart to prosper his people. Amen. So God is not opposed to wealth. God is not opposed to riches or money. He's not opposed to these things because he blesses us with them. If he he was opposed to it, he wouldn't remember Solomon asked God, I mean, he had this dream and the Lord said, what do you want me to give you? And he could have asked for anything, but he says, I want wisdom to be able to to, to administer your people and guide your people rightly. And God said, you've answered rightly. And says, you didn't ask for wealth, but I'm going to make you the richest man on the face of the earth. If it was bad, would God offer that to Solomon? No. So God is not opposed to us having wealth, riches, and money. That is why he blesses us with it. However, can you say however? God is opposed to wealth, riches, or money having us. And that is why he warns us about it. He's opposed to it. He does not like it when riches grab a hold of us, when we are completely servants or subservient to wealth. 
And that's why he warns us, and that's why Jesus warned us about the deceitfulness of riches. You see, riches and wealth or money can be deceitful. It can fool you. It can mislead you. Many times, when you, you know, that when you have a lot of wealth, a lot of riches, you think everything is okay when it's not okay. Right? Riches can mislead a person in their focus in life. You think it's all about the here and now, and you don't think about eternity. You don't think about the afterlife. So you can, you can amass treasure on earth and forget about amassing treasure in heaven. So it misleads you. It tricks you. And that's why Jesus warned about this dece- deceitfulness of riches in the parable of the sower. That's where that scripture comes from. Deceitfulness of riches from the parable of the sower. Where Jesus was given this parable about a sower who was sowing seed and some fell on the wayside and some on rocky ground and thorns and so on. And then some fell on, on, on good soil. You know, and the soil is really our hearts. And the, and the seed is the word of God. And he was telling them about this, and, and it shows God's heart. God wants spiritual fruit in your life. The only reason why a sower will sow seed is so that he gets fruit. That's the only reason. And the Bible says God is that sower. His word is that word. Amen. And he sows the seed, and his desire is that there will be fruit in your life. He wants to bless you by all means in the material, but he's concerned about that spiritual man. He's concerned about your spiritual life. Your your soul should prosper. Amen. That's what God's heart is. And God was what Jesus was warning that you know what? Riches can choke the seed of the word of God in your life. Riches can do that. Matthew 13, 22. He who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world, that's the other extreme, poverty, the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke or strangle the word, and he becomes unfruitful. So God is not happy when you're unfruitful in your soul, even though you may have wealth, because he wants fruits. And of course, the seed that fell on the good soil, the heart that is receptive to receive the word of God and on it. That heart will produce fruit, 36 and 100 fold. The sower wants fruit. Is God seeing fruit in your life? So when a person's wealth and riches are to the detriment of their spiritual fruitfulness, God is very concerned. I'll say that again. When a person's wealth or riches or money is to the detriment of their spiritual fruitfulness, God is very concerned. Jesus reiterates this idea in another parable. Luke chapter 12, verse 16. Let's just turn to that now. He spoke a parable of them saying, the ground of a certain rich man, notice what it says, a rich man yielded plentifully. Okay? And he thought within himself, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. Now, that sounds like a a great capitalistic law. Right? It says, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And then verse 20 says, but God said to him, fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? 
And then 21, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. The wealth, the riches, the money had deceived this person and now he's a fool. He had been deceived because he had neglected his soul. He had neglected his soul. That's why God often warns us about the, 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 the danger, the snare. Riches can be a snare. When wealth motivates our efforts for here and now without motivating our efforts about eternity and the afterlife, we are deceived. When you think it's just about the here and now and it's not about eternity, you are deceived. When we are rich on the earth but not rich towards God, we may feel great. We may think, man, I haven't made. I can retire at 40 and go around the world. You may think everything is good. God has blessed me. Hallelujah. Do you see that Lamborghini? Glory to God. I have that yours. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. But you're not rich towards God. You're not seeking after his kingdom, his righteousness. You're not, you're not sharing the intention of God for giving you the wealth. You're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. Jesus said we should store up treasure in heaven. That's a good place to say hallelujah. Now, I don't have it. This is my notes, but I'll just read it quickly. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 90 says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths, and eat, moths eat them and rust destroy them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Then he makes a very important statement in verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Where is your treasure? Look at what your desires are, your passion is. Is it for more on this earth or is it about the kingdom of God? Is your desire Jesus or it's something else? I tell you, when your desire is Jesus, guess what happens? Everything he loves, you begin to love as well. Oh, glory to God. But if your desire is not Jesus and the things of his kingdom and the things that please him, your desires are just about the things on this earth, the temporal things, then folks, you're deceived by wealth. You're deceived. God has treasures for you and I that we can lay access to. Just look at the book of Revelations when Jesus was talking about the, the churches and the, the letters to the churches. For every single one, he was promising them treasures. I'll give you a crown of this. I'll give you a crown of that. You know, he was, he was promising them treasures, and these are eternal treasures. But a lot of us are not focused on the eternal treasures. Do you know there's a treasure, there's a crown that you have if you are a soul winner? There's a crown you have if you persevere. There's a crown you have. There's a treasure when you don't deny Christ. An eternal treasure that people don't focus on. But they are treasures. Treasures. And Jesus says, store up treasures in heaven that moth and rust cannot get at. Thieves can't steal. It's eternal. And yet we focus on the here and now. God blesses you 120 years. That's just 120 years compared to eternity. That's why wealth can be misleading. The Laodicean church that Jesus spoke to in the book of Revelation is one such church that was deceived. That was a prosperous church. 
Laodicea, the city of Laodicea was so prosperous, so rich, even when they had an earthquake and it was devastating, the municipal government wanted to send help, Rome wanted to send help, they said, no, we can build ourselves. They were that wealthy. And the church in Laodicea was a wealthy church. I'm sure if you saw that church, you'd say, wow, how come God is blessing them so much? You probably try to find out what they're doing to attract so many people. How, how, how come, you know, they ask for, they, they have a budget and they need something, and boom, somebody just pays for it. It was a wealthy church. It looked like it was a blessed church. It was a prosperous church. And yet Jesus was not impressed by that church. And that church was deceived because of their wealth. Jesus wasn't impressed with their activities. He wasn't impressed with their deeds. In fact, that was the, one of the only churches. He had nothing good to say about their activities. Nothing good to say. Every other church, at least you have something good, something bad, you know, but he has something good. Then there were two churches, Smyrna and Philadelphia. He had nothing bad to say. Oh, may he have nothing bad to say about River of Life. But the point is, Laodicea had nothing good. He had nothing good to say to Laodicea, except for the fact they had to repent. But he did promise them a reward as well. But the, he was not impressed by the activity. This was a prosperous church, but they were deceived. They were blind to their spiritual condition. That's what deception would do with wealth. They thought all was okay. They thought it was all good. But they were deceived. 